0: It's completely different to any other relationship I've ever had and having her support has just been, I can't even describe it, especially then when I wanted to sort of, I guess, explore gender identity, just feeling like I could have that discussion with her in itself was huge. Like I've cried to her over it, I've laughed over it, I've been angry about things, you know, and... Just having her there, whether it's just to listen to me, or hold me, or you know, give me advice, or whatever, just feeling safe—it's huge. It's massive.
1: Hi, folks. My name is Caitlin Grigsby and I'm a pansexual woman living on Gunai Kurnai country and I'm the proud president and founder of Gippsland Pride Initiative. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Briakalong lands of the Gunai Kurnai nation, and pay my respects to elders past and present. I would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise this important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. The episode you're about to hear is with the fantastic Darcy Broughton. Darcy is a non binary person who's grown up, lives in, works in, and has built their life in the Wellington Shire region of Gippsland, one of six regions that make up Gippsland. Darcy is a nurse, a a fantastic partner, parent, human, um, and joined the Gippsland Pride Initiative in 2022. And since then, they're the person that turns up. They're the person quietly sitting in the back often, just making sure everyone is included and participating. They don't put themselves out front often, and um, it's a really particularly special delight that they felt they could participate in safety and confidence in, in this interview in particular, so listen in. Darcy's story is a really interesting one. Darcy's an incredible voice and an important voice for Gippsland
0: Pride and Gippsland as a whole to hear. Um, enjoy the interview. My name's Darcy. I'm non-binary, so I use they/them pronouns. Yeah, and I'm from Sale, the Wellington rep for Gippsland Pride Initiative. Okay, so you're from Sale and live in Sale. Born in Sale, grew up in Sale, lived here my whole life until about 12 months ago when me and Em got together and we found a house in Mafra, which is about 15 minutes away from here. Okay. We're all, like, quiet sort of small town, mm. smaller than this. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were seeking smaller. Seeking smaller. Um, but it's actually, it's funny, It's it's been... Safer there than here. And it's a lot more of a sort of farming type town. So you would think it would be the opposite, you know, more. I know I just had the idea, oh, they're probably conservative and stuff. It might be, you know, we might have to be safe, like think safe when it comes to holding hands down the street and stuff like that. No one bats an eyelid over there. It's amazing. (laughs) I feel safer there than here where I grew up. Mm. Like, yeah. Okay. So it's well, interesting. That's a good... But, it, but yeah. it's nice for us, yeah. Yes. You can go to the supermarket and... Yeah, and be free. Be free, yeah. yeah.
2: So how was it growing up in Sale?
0: Um, it's a very small town. Everybody knows everyone. If you're not white, cis, heterosexual, you're on the outer. Everyone knows that. Everyone, yeah, likes to sort of, you know, poke fun at, you know, anyone that's a bit different, that sort of thing. So I was very, very closeted growing up. Um, Always knew but never felt safe to come out to the extent that I ended up getting married to a man, very, was very femme-presenting, had long hair, all of that sort of traditional what you would imagine I guess, a woman to look like. Um, And, yeah, it just got to a point where I was like, I can't keep living this lie. Like, it was really eating me up. And I know it's going to probably sound dumb, but, like, through watching TikTok, like, oh, it just opened my eyes. Uh, Seeing a lot of late-blooming lesbians, later-life lesbians, people that had been married, similar sort of situation to me, and also coming to that point of being like, you know what, I can't leave this lie, I need to be true to myself. And, yeah, end up having the conversation with my ex and just saying, because, like, our marriage had gotten pretty stagnant, I was very distant, mm. um, and I just said, like, I can't keep doing this anymore, I can't keep lying to you and I can't keep lying to myself. And at the time I had sort of reconnected, with um, a woman that I'd known previously a very long time ago. And I thought, you know, like if I want to try and pursue anything there, well, I can't be a married person. <laughs> I need to, you know, I need, to, I came to a crossroads essentially. And I went, you know what, like I can either keep living this lie and be s- quote unquote safe. Um, or I can go, you know what, stuff it. I need to. Be true to myself and just take take that leap. And I did. And it was such a massive relief. Um, Mm. it was also scary too, because then you then go, Okay, I now need to start telling everyone else in my life what's happening. (laughs)
2: Mm. So the first step's telling yourself. First steps and part, your current part. Yeah,
0: yeah. So Yeah, having that acceptance and sort of, you know, and that was honestly, that was probably like a good year journey in itself of going, I'm really um, resonating with what these other people are saying that I'm seeing on these TikTok videos and other social media apps. Um, Yeah, and just sort of sitting with that, exploring with, you know, all these possibilities and then going, yeah, you know what? I I need to I need to make that step. So, yeah, coming to terms with it and then slowly coming out to everyone. And overall, it was a like it was a pretty good experience. My parents were very accepting of it, which was great. Obviously, that's you know, <laughs> were you surprised by that? Um, part of me was, and I think it's just you know that that rejection, that whole rejection, you know, you don't want the people that are always been really close with my parents. So you, you never want, I guess, the people that are a big influence in your life and that you're very close to to go, Oh, you know what? That doesn't really sit right with me. Or, Oh, are you sure? You know, like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. is this really what you want to do? But they were just like, yeah, that's cool. No worries. Like we love you. We support you. Um, my maternal grandparents were amazing. They got like literally got around me on either side and were hugging me and were like, "We just love you, no matter what. We want you to be happy." I was like bawling my eyes out. I was <laughs> a mess, and they're just like, "Like no, like we love you. It's fine." Um, my paternal grandmother, on the other hand, she was really horrible about it. So that was, I guess, sort of the first bad experience coming out. Um, and that was really rough because mm. that was someone that up until that point had always been um, very supportive of me, um, you know, whether it was to do with relationships or parenting or, because I've got a six-year-old daughter, so whether it was, you know, supporting me with her or um, I went through university later in life as well, so... Lots of different areas in in my upbringing and in my life, she um, was always a really big part of and supportive. But um, that was just something that she obviously couldn't come to terms with and was continuously quite negative about and, yeah, just not able to sort of, I guess, see it from my perspective. And, um, you know, it, it upset me quite a lot as you can imagine and it got to the point where I was like you know what I need to be happy I've lived for I think at that point 31 years or 32 years um closeted and you know not being all that happy and I can't have that toxic you know relationship in my life anymore like if you can't accept me and and love me then um I have to take a step back Um, And I guess, you know, as much as it was for me to protect me, it was also to be an example to my daughter that, yes, she's family, but also just because someone's your family, you don't have to be treated horribly. Um, And it's okay to take that step back. Um, And obviously if she ever wanted to come back into my life and be like, you know what, I'm sorry, I was wrong, I do support you, I do love you, of course I'd be like, amazing, great <laughs> you to still be in my life but um, yeah I just had to really take a big step back from her There are times if Um, My partner, current partner, and I are down the street here, you know. We don't always feel like we can hold hands or hug or be too affectionate because, yeah, we definitely do get looks. And now that I'm more masculine presenting, even if I'm down the street, I do cop the odd look here and there. And, you know, I think I do find it difficult because I was in that privileged position for so long of being more femme-presenting in a straight relationship. I never had to think twice about, you know, being looked at simply just for being myself. Um, So I think that's why I notice it more because now I am really being true to myself and, yeah, it is a bit upsetting at times just to, you know, just to simply exist and be yourself but not have everyone in your community... Be accepting of that. Mm. um So that has been probably one of the harder things since coming out and really embracing who I am. Mm. So yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's interesting <coughs> that you can have. You've got both experiences. Yeah. That you and that makes you notice. Yeah. The looks. You know, there's Ex- no doubt that there. Yeah, because
0: I I've expressed mm. that to people before and said, you know, oh, even just going to the bathroom, I said, you know, I've sometimes I'll go into the bathroom and I'll have women sort of like double take at me like oh are you are you meant to be in here um, and I've had people go oh like you're probably just being sensitive like mm-hmm. I'm sure they weren't um, and I appreciate that they're yeah. probably coming from a point of trying to be kind and reassuring and I have to sort of say well up until a couple of years ago, I never had that experience. So it's you know, it's um it's definitely a shift since you know having shorter hair and being more mask presenting. So, um yeah, I do I do notice it, and yeah, I mean one day that might change, but yeah, in the meantime it is <laughs> a bit tough. Um yeah. So you felt from a young age? Mm, yeah, I was always the tomboy. I you know, loved kicking the footy, loved playing with the boys and all that sort of stuff, Um, had crushes on girls. Yeah, had had crushes on girls more than I did boys. And I look back at it now and I think, um, and even, you know, certainly as a teenager and younger adult, I think the attraction to boys and, and then to men was more of a, I wish I, you know, I wish I was able to wear the clothes I were wearing. I wish I was able to have you know, being attracted to that aesthetic more than, um, you know, a sexual sort of attraction. So and that's something I came to realise when, you know, I was starting to watch TikTok and stuff like that. And I, you know, I was questioning myself, like, you know, but am I am I still attracted to men though? Like am I attract like am I bisexual or am I a lesbian? Like where where do I fit on the spectrum? Um And I just remember, it's weird, I was putting (laughs) my clothes in the dryer like I was doing some laundry and just thinking about life and, yeah, questioning everything. And, um, yeah, I went, oh, my gosh, I think that's what it's been all this time Um, because I was thinking if I was to leave my husband, would I want another relationship with a man or, like, what would happen? And, yeah, I just went, you know what? don't think I am like I'm not attracted to men in a sexual way it's just that aesthetic like you know I would like to have that similar sort of hairstyle I'd like to have the similar sort of clothes and I like the smell of their colognes like that sort of stuff um yeah so it was just this like realization of yeah I am attracted to women like that's that's where I sit on on that spectrum. And when it's come to men, it's it really has just been the aesthetic that I've been drawn to. So yeah, it was a big realisation. And it also sort of put me at peace and went, yeah, like, I am attracted to women. I am a lesbian. <laughs> I need, I need to take this when I feel safe. And when I can, I need to take this next step. And and come out to everyone. So that, that was like the really big piece that made me go, yeah, I need to not be doing what I'm doing right now. So Mm. yeah. Mm.
2: Mm. And how did your partner take it?
0: Uh, He, at the start, um, took it pretty well. And I think it was almost like a sigh of relief. Um, We hadn't been very intimate as you can probably imagine for a while and I was very distant even to physical touch with him um so he was like okay wow all right that makes sense he said I was worried that you were having an affair or something on me just because how distant you'd been and I said you know um it's it's really not that like yeah it's it's just been this whole me grappling with my sexuality and everything and coming to that realization we initially sort of separated on on good terms unfortunately he is very tied up in uh, religious he's got that um faith which is fine like everyone is certainly entitled to whatever they want to believe in and follow that's never been an issue but uh, it's sort of got to the point where, yeah, I think that sort of, um, mindset really dictated how he then wanted to behave and how he wanted to speak to me and even things that he wanted to say to our daughter, which, yeah, so we had to have a pretty big discussion about that and, yeah, so we're not, we're not really on speaking terms anymore, and that's fine. And it's, you know, it's another one of those things where, you know, you have to think of your own safety and your mental health and, yeah, and that's fine. We we very much live separate lives. Uh, we communicate when we have to about our child um, and and her needs and that's been working a lot better. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a very tricky road for for a long time but... Um, we've sort of you know, we're on the path to where we need to be and where we need to be for our daughter, which is you know, all that really matters. Was it a conversation that you had with your daughter and
2: you have? Yeah, Mm. yeah,
0: definitely. Mm. Um, I have always wanted to be very open with her, I want her to feel like no matter what happens in her life, that both me and my partner are someone that she can come to and and speak to, you know, whether it is relationships or whatever, whatever it is in our life. Um, We're a very open household. We, you know, we'll talk about everything and anything, um, you know, obviously in a child safe way and using the right sort of terminology and stuff to be, you know, appropriate to her age. But um, I think it's really important to be open with your kids and not feel, you know, I don't want her to feel like she can't, open because she's scared of how I might react or what I might say so yeah
2: mm. so living your truth mm. and being the true version of you has that feel compared to what you were living
0: amazing so since coming out you know I sort of I guess went through almost like a second teenagehood in a sense um, so you know it was good getting out and meeting people and sort of exploring that and then yeah meeting my current partner um has just been fabulous um coming to that place where you meet someone and you know that you know they're your person and you just you just click you're meant to be it was mind-blowing it's n- completely different to any other relationship i've ever had and having her support has just been I can't even describe it especially then when I wanted to sort of I guess explore gender identity just feeling like I could have that discussion with her in itself was huge like I've cried to her over it I've laughed over it I've been angry about things you know and just having her there whether it's just to listen to me or hold me or, you know, give me advice or whatever. Um, just feeling safe. It's huge. It's massive. Yeah, I'm just, I'm so glad that I made that decision two years ago to come out and then be on that road to finding my person and then having that person support me even further to explore this next sort of chapter of, yeah, where I sort of fit within the gender spectrum. And that's an ongoing journey for you? Uh, I'm sitting on non-binary. Uh, I'm pretty happy with that. That was another thing I always sort of felt like I wasn't cis. I wasn't, a, yeah, a cis woman. Um, when people that don't know that about me, if they refer to me she, her, or I'll use really feminine sort of terminology <laughs> to, you know, describe me or you know compliment or whatever oh it just it just gives me this response where I'm like nah I just don't like that um but at the same token I I don't feel like I want to um you know look at at the like trans journey like I'm not you know wanting to identify as a man obviously masculine traits I feel you know, I'm sort of connected with, but yeah. So finding that middle ground has sort of been, it's been tricky and I feel like non-binary is a good middle point and I feel comfortable with that. Mm. There's still areas to explore, but yeah. And it's still a journey. I I came out non-binary last year. Um, A lot of people, still know me as my dead name. I haven't fully come out as Darcy. Things like today where we've got community events, I've put my Darcy badge on and I sort of use it as an opportunity for if I do see someone to have that conversation with them. It's been a, a bit of a process still. Um, I haven't fully come out at work. There's a couple of people that know, but, yeah, having the support of the Gippsland Pride initiative, like all the community members have just been fabulous and really really supportive with that yeah my parents have been pretty good with it they still don't sort of get the the pronouns like they will slip up with that um but if I correct them or if my partner corrects them they're like oh yeah sorry sorry and you know it's been an opportunity to have that conversation and educate and which has been good um and yeah the friends that I have come out to have been pretty good as well so it's all an experience and a journey like I hate saying it's a journey but it is like it's it's just a process that you have to go to go through sorry yeah and I was
2: going to say like is it is it mentally and emotionally draining to have to come out again yeah
0: it can be and I think too just because I just how I said, you know, with she, her pronouns and all that just sort of gives me that response. My dead name gives me that response too. So I think it can be draining if I've spent like, you know, a full week at work and I've constantly had, you know, work colleagues refer to me that way. Uh, Obviously I work in the hospital, so I'm a nurse. I'll have patients refer to me that way, which is fine. Like they're not doing anything wrong because they don't know (laughs) but come the end of the week of just having a full week of it um yeah it is it's it's draining it can be tiring and can be upsetting but I've just got to come to that place where I go it's okay to tell them it's okay to come out fully tell them your you know your preferred name and pronouns like you can do it but again that rejection Mm. sensitivity comes in and I'm like oh like I don't know <laughs> it's hard so it's it's again and it's like coming out with my sexuality I, I just have to get to that place where I go I've just gotta take that next step i have got to take that leap so I'm 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 gradually getting there I know there's there's been um progress and I'm making I'm making my way towards that point but yeah so in the meantime it, it can be and upsetting but
2: do you think in an ideal world you know it's full of people who are just like just really accepting mm. and just kind of well that's uh, not see anything yeah bizarre about it or yeah. strange or you know it's just that really going well everybody is different and mm-hmm. everybody needs to be able to express who they really are what however that feels on the inside
0: yeah Mm. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. <laughs> that mm. would be wonderful. Mm. That would be so good. And I think, yeah, gosh, you could look at that in so many different ways. I mean, there's, you know, people struggle to come out with their sexuality. They come out – sorry, they struggle to come out with gender identity or they might even come out, struggle to come out with, um, you know, being neuro neurodiverse, which, you know, a lot of queer people – do identify as being, you know, um, neurodiverse in some way, whether it's ADHD or autistic or whatever. There's so many internal things that I think we hide from people because society will deem it as not being the norm, so you need to get back in your box. And I think gradually we will come to a point where people are more accepting. Um, And I I think it is... Very slowly happening, and things like today where we're having this event at the Sea garden and we're trying to get the community involved and we're meeting other people that are within our community that you know perhaps we've never met before, it just it helps, it helps strengthen and yeah, enable people to sort of feel like they've got that community behind them so that when they do come out, they've got this army behind them. Well, it might not even be an army. It might be one person, two people, however many. But they've got those people that are going to love them and support them no matter what, and that's what's important. Finding new people is important. So that's why days like today, I've met a couple of new people and a couple of people that have said, you know, sort of new to the area and really wanted to find community. And I just think it makes, you know... It makes days like today a success. Mm. Even if it's that one person that I've spoken to, they've gone, cool, I found Gippy Pride and I know I've got, you know, 10 people or whoever, however many that are going to help me if I'm struggling with something. Well, that's worth it. Like, I would have loved, I would have loved to have find, found these guys two years ago. You know what I mean? So. When did you find them? Last year, towards the end of last okay. year. Um, I was starting to post a lot of, before I came out as non-binary, I was starting to post a lot of stuff on social media, just sort of bringing awareness to gender diversity. There was a thing I posted, um, that sort of depicted, um, a cartoon mother and child. Um, and it said, you know, protect trans kids and a local business owner. Who I was acquaintance with decided just to write some really hateful and nasty stuff. And I sat on it for about 12, 14 hours. Cause I obviously when I first read it, I was so mad. I was so angry. But I thought, no, take a step back. If I reply now, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound hateful and I'm gonna just it's not I'm just, you know, he's he's gonna get what I want. He I'm gonna give him what he wants. So I sat on it and I wrote back quite, you know, politely and threw in some statistics and stuff because they were trying to, yeah, pretty much dismiss what I was saying. Um, And then they replied with just more bigoted, hateful stuff. And I thought, you know what, I need to reach out to someone just to make sure that what I'm saying – like. What I'm saying is okay, and also if they could give me advice or like, you know, what should I do? I just felt gross about it, and we're in a small town. I didn't want to make, <laughs> I didn't want to make enemies. Um, and my partner was like, "Oh, there's that Gippsland Pride Initiative. Why don't you, why don't we send them a inbox and see what what they say? They might have something helpful." So we reached out and. Caitlin replied very lovely and she was like look I'm at work why don't we FaceTime tonight we'll have a big chat about it okay no worries we FaceTimed for I don't know maybe an hour spoke about it all and we just the three of us Caitlin myself and my partner we just clicked like it was like we'd known each other for years it was wonderful um and so that's really how I got involved so from something hateful and disgusting and really bigoted I ended up finding this like amazing group of people who I've ended up you know on their committee um you know working alongside them to help with days like today and I just it sort of makes me laugh in a way because you know from such hate has ended up bringing such love and you know friendship and amazingness so Mm. the joke joke was kind of on him (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great isn't Mm. it Mm. what a wonderful outcome yeah yeah Mm. so it's it's just been wonderful connecting with these guys and it's honestly like we've found another family we've found our people and it's so good
2: Are there parts of you, your personality, that you've been able to discover for the first time because Mm. of living your true, authentic self? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And has that surprised you sometimes?
0: A little bit. Um, And again, thanks TikTok. (laughs) I mentioned before about neurodiversity. I am well and truly uh, have ADHD. (laughs) Yeah, the Neuro is strong. Um, <laughs> the Neuro like The Neuro <laughs> <laughs> Um, Yeah, just discovering things like that. Oh, it's been so helpful as well because I used to th- wonder why I, uh, I guess, reacted to different things the way I did or why I felt the way I did about certain things, why, I guess, even things like food textures and stuff like that, just things that you think, oh, well, maybe I'm just being fussy or I don't know. Just things like light sensitivity, all these things that can make you feel really overstimulated and overwhelmed and stuff like that, it kind of made me go, ah, oh, okay. And then knowing that that's what that is and being able to find ways to, I guess, do things a little bit differently or use tools to sort of help with um, those things that might have perhaps made me feel overwhelmed or whatever. Yeah, it's certainly made a big impact in my life as well in a good way. So yeah, the last two years have just been, yeah, I just feel like I've sort of finally it's just been this massive uh, self-discovery, you know. Mm. So it's been really positive. And I just feel like I am at this point now where I just really am myself and and I know myself more..
2: Have you ever contemplated leaving this area because of its, say, bigotry or
0: conservatism, Mm. narrow-mindedness? I have. um, So we're actually wanting to move. (laughs) Yeah, not too far away. We want to go to Trelgan, so that's about 45, 50 minutes. Every time we go there, either as a couple or with the kids or even if I just am there for whatever reason by myself people just do not bat an eyelid. That's the experience we've had anyway. And it's just, oh, it, it's just great. It's so nice being able to go down the street and be yourself or have your kids with you and people aren't, you know, giving you yucky looks or making r- remarks or anything like that. And to just the area down there, there is a lot, there's a lot more opportunity uh, work-wise for the kids with schooling and, other activities that they can get into. Yeah, it's something that we have been looking at and I think it has been driven even further because of the bigotry and the yeah, just the bad reception that we've had <laughs> that we've had here, which yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but that's sort of how it is. Um and I think for myself because I sort of was roped into a church that is very conservative to the point that they were recently um, exposed on 60 Minutes (laughs) uh, for, you know, being very much against same-sex relationships and marriages um, and were for gay conversion therapy practices, which I know people that went through that because of that church organisation. I see those members out in the community uh, and I don't feel safe and I it gives me a very visceral response of I need to get out of here. I, I can't be near these people. I don't want them anywhere near my kids. I don't want them near me or my partner. Like that's played a massive part in it as well. So, Yeah. <laughs> Mm. what does pride mean to you pride means days like today community um feeling safe being inclusive to all people meeting new people having those conversations and um yeah just getting around everyone that that identifies in the lgbtqia plus community and it's just like a big hug it's like welcome like Let's dance and party, let's you know, let's have that have that chat. let's just be inclusive, be equal to all, not excluding, not being bigoted it's It's like these events that Gippy Pride have been running, you know mm. it's we had the pool party a few weeks ago at Moby North, and it's days like that as well where you go to the pool and you're not having to obey by these social norms of you have to wear this certain thing. You can wear your board shorts and a rashy and not feel like people are staring at you because you're just being the way you want to be. It's so important and it's family, It's, it's having your kids there and enabling them to see that it's okay to not be that social norm that you can be true to yourself and and that it's okay and it's trying to pave that way so that when they do get older it really is okay and maybe they don't have to look over their shoulder when they're walking down the street if they're in a queer relationship, you know. So
2: we're getting there. And is there anything you'd like to tell your teenage self?
0: Oh, wow. Um, you get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, it, it's okay. You're gonna have a bit of a struggle, but it's okay. Yeah, you get there eventually. You find your happily ever after. You find your person. You've got your family, and you and you make a nice, a really nice family with an amazing woman, and everything's gonna be okay.
2: And how's it felt to tell your story?
0: It's felt really good. Mm. I sat out there for a while, like, do I, don't I, I don't know, like, <laughs> and I thought, you know what, let's do it because it's important to, it's important to speak about it and it's also, you know, if this does get made into the a podcast and people listen, It's important for someone, whoever, that perhaps might be struggling with some similar issues to what I've spoken about to go, okay, there's other people out there that have gone through what I've gone through and it's okay, like they've made it out on the other side and they're doing okay, so maybe I'm going to be okay as well. And that youth group that I've heard about with all the other queer kids maybe I should go and check that out. Maybe that is a safe place. You know, I was thinking about it, maybe I should do it. Or, you know, someone else might be questioning whether or not they should join a queer community group to volunteer in. You know, if I can reach someone and and make them feel like it's okay, whatever they're going through is okay, then it was worth it I mean, it was lovely talking to you, but, you know, it was worth mm. sitting in here and chatting about it and mm. thinking back on different things. So,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. It's a bit like your reference to TikTok and how exactly. the role it played for you. If those content creators hadn't have gone onto TikTok, mm. you wouldn't have been exposed to their...
0: 100%. Yeah. Yep. Mm. I think it's, yeah, that's very valid. Maybe just, if I
2: could ask one last question, because we are getting spent like 46 minutes. <laughs> Um, what are your hopes for the future generation of LGBTQIA plus people?
0: Well, uh, I would hope, and I think things with the younger generation is slowly changing. There's certainly, like if I tell younger people at work that I'm queer or that I'm non-binary or, you know, that my partner's a female, <laughs> they really don't bat an eyelid and i love that so much so i think for those guys um i would hope that they would continue with that of just just being very accepting of one another and yeah that it, that's not this thing because it really doesn't have to be a thing <laughs> you know like yeah i would just i would hope that they're they're accepting of each other and and the generations to come before them um and that they just, yeah, keep paving that way just to make it so much more inclusive for everyone. So that's what I would hope for.
2: Mm, lovely. Well, it's been amazing talking to you. Oh,
0: thank you. Have <laughs> loved chatting. <laughs> Clearly I can talk a year off. Oh, yeah. 46 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it just goes. Time just goes. It does.
2: Yeah. All right. Thank you. That's okay.
0: Yeah.
3: The podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pride Finder, the Rainbow Road Trip, was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award winning creative audio producer, journalist, and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy, and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen, and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest, and reflect the language, thoughts, history, and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian State Government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes.